You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus, taking your questions in the mailbag. And, guys, a lot of stuff going on um, with uh, football, basketball, recruiting, transfer portal, baseball season. First question out of the the gate here involves the transfer portal. There have been several guys, as we know, that have entered the transfer portal since Scott Frost has been at Nebraska. And for the most part, you know, many of them were, you know, transfers that make sense. But there's obviously been some over the last three, four years that, you know, you would like to have back. Opening question, who's the t- – outside of Wondell Robinson and Luke McCaffrey, who is the top loss Nebraska's had in the transfer portal I'm going to go Marcus Fleming. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little bit I saw of him, and then he kind of took out his practice clips he, you know, on the, on the secure system of Nebraska and filmed them with his phone and videoed them and put those out. His practice clips of what he showed, pretty electric. And I think that's a guy you wish you could have figured out a way to make it work with Marcus Fleming. Yeah, I mean, he was by far the most productive freshman last year of all those wide receivers. He only played one game. But he did really well in that one game. And Lante Brown, you know, didn't do anything. And obviously Will Nixon was hurt. So, you know, I mean, he he showed that he had the opportunity to be an impact player. So, yeah, he's he's got to be up there. You know, for me, as far as proven production, J.D. Spielman. I mean, that guy was on pace to set every receiving record in school history had he finished it out here. And, you know, obviously he had a lot of off-the-field stuff going on. And, um, you know, you can judge how big of a loss it was because of that. But strictly on the field from talent and production, J.D. Spielman's about as big as it gets. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. I think J.D. Spielman's probably, you know – the the one that that hurts the most just because of what he everything he accomplished here and everything that was ahead of him I mean he just he he had every record conceivably every receiving record uh you know out there just ready to break and so um you know maybe one out of the what could have been category you know Avery Roberts is the guy that went to Oregon State and had a pretty darn good career there um, you know, who knows, had he been able to stick it out at Nebraska, you know, would that have, you know, would the things translate the same? I don't know. But, I mean, he – it seemed to have worked out for him. I think um, Francois and Keyshawn yeah. Green are going to be ones to watch too. Yeah, and, th- and those guys will be ones to watch for sure. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think – I mean, Marcus Fleming, he certainly flashed quite a bit in just his very limited, um, you know, game games that he played or, or one game that he played. Uh, but then you watch those practice clips and you're going, holy cow. I mean, they they could have found a role for him in this offense. They could have found a role for him as a as a return guy. I mean, coming out of high school, we knew that he was pretty special. But, um, yeah, he there's a reason why he was able to go Power 5 to Power 5, where a lot of the other guys that, that left Nebraska did not go Power 5 to Power 5. They took a big step down from Nebraska. And he'll be at Maryland, so we'll, we'll see him. Uh, next question involves Friday night games in the Big Ten Conference. Do you expect the league to have any this year? Um, could Nebraska be in one? And I would say, yes, I think they will probably have a couple. And when I say a couple, not counting opening weekend, I think you're always going to get a Thursday, Friday slate. Um, Michigan State, for example, always opens on Friday night. That's their deal. Minnesota, Minnesota. likes to do a Thursday or well, Friday. Minnesota and Ohio State, they're like on Thursday. Thursday. Night, yeah, yeah. That, that's a Thursday. Um, but Nebraska will never host a Friday night game in Lincoln. No. I mean, it, it will. You don't need to. It's only places that don't typically draw well, mm-hmm. like a Maryland. And they need the TV Rutgers exposure. and Illinois. They, they are okay with that, and they want the TV exposure. 
Um, but I think the Big Ten, you know, generally we've seen them do about two. So uh, we'll see what the schedule looks like. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if we saw one or two on there. Yeah, and I, I like it. I mean, in, in small doses. Now, I don't want it to be like a, an every week thing. But when you can, you know, you're sitting on a Friday night and there's a game that you probably wouldn't. Hopefully it's a road trip where we can watch the game with Andy Kendi and our guys in the bar somewhere. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so you're getting straight to the point. But, you know, it's a game that you wouldn't normally watch. Like, you know, if like Michigan State, Maryland are playing, you know, like I probably would watch another game besides that but if it's a feature friday night game i'm going to tune in i'm going to be dialed in on it but yeah as long as it's not nebraska i don't really <laughs> i don't really care one way or the other but if it's a nebraska road game i don't care they did that with illinois yeah illinois yeah, i remember people freaked out about that yeah. i mean well, i course like lost his job over some of those decisions yeah <laughs> i mean it was it was difficult i remember i was at garrett nelson's game that friday night and people in the stands were you know on the, when you're watching the game on the sidelines people were listening to the nebraska game and giving updates on the score from the nebraska game and people were upset they're like i gotta listen to the game on the radio and you know while we're out here watching you know watching our kids or watching our you know supporting our local guys out here at the, the high school football game people were upset about that so uh, and I remember, I mean, we missed basically all but the last, like, I don't know, five, five, ten minutes of the fourth quarter or whatever it was uh, that night. But, yeah, if it's any other team out there, really, I, I don't really care. But, you know, Nebraska, let's just let's keep it the, you know, Saturdays. That, I'm good with that. But what you try to see them do is they, they want to put a Penn State or Nebraska on the road on a Friday night because mm -hmm. then that draws a number. Yeah, it draws a number. And, and that's that's what this is all about, as we know. And that TV contract dictates these decisions. So, um, it will be interesting to see what the league does on some of these Friday night deals. And like ne Nebraska this year, for example, has the two bye weeks later in the year. Would they try to put them on a Friday? I mean, on the road somewhere, I, you know, at, like could the Purdue games in Lincoln this year, but like a Nebraska at Purdue on a Friday night. I mean, that's the type of game that they, they try to look for. Mm -hmm. But uh, you're listening here to the Husker online show as we take your questions in the mailbag. Give me your most besides Cam Taylor Britt and Connor Culp, who is your most likely all conference player? And I, I think you can go in a lot of directions in this. I'm not gonna say every name because I know I'm gonna upset you guys if I go through like the list of names here. Um appreciate that. But I I'll say Adrian Martinez. I mean, I, I think if he plays like he's capable of, you know, Michael Penix is the clear, you know, front runner for all conference, but he's coming off injury in the conference right now. I think Adrian Martinez has a legitimate chance to put himself up there this year. Yeah, and I'd probably go somewhere on the defense. Um, you know, I think Ben Stelly, we coming off the year that he had, uh, if he's able to replicate that, uh, I mean, that's he's kind of the the face of what should be a very good defensive line. And usually if your unit is good and you're the best player on that unit, you're going to get vaulted up. Uh, so I would probably put him right at the top. But statistically, you know, um, maybe a guy like Chris Kalarovic comes out of nowhere and gets a ton of tackles, you know, especially with Honus being Jojo out. Doman, Jojo Doman, you know, with, with his, you know, NFL pedigree that he's got. So I think there's a lot of names on defense, especially in that front seven that you could choose from for me. Yeah, I, to me, I, I think you automatically have to look at any of those super seniors that that came back. Deontay. Yeah, Deontay Williams um, or even, you know, Cam Taylor Britt. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think. I, I would personally go with JoJo, um, you know, and, and probably look at look at him to be that guy. I think Samori Torre could get himself up there yeah. too. I mean, if Adrian has that kind of year, Omar Manning for that matter. I think Nebraska needs to have a thousand yard receiver, and Torre or Manning could easily be that kind of guy. <laughs> 
The better question is, can they have a thousand yard back? And and that's really something that nobody knows here. All right, guys. And, and final question: What's the strangest encounter you've either had personally with Coach Frost or seen with Coach Frost? And I'll go first on this. One of them was this winter. I, w- I was in our lovely sponsor, Sports Bar Tanners, um, with my wife. We were just having. Um, a, a late meal and we ran into coach frost and some other people i knew and i was wearing my um, dodgers stocking cap and and he thought i was wearing a creighton camp cap so that was kind of awkward to have to explain to coach frost and he's a big cubs fan um so um on top of that he's obviously not a big dodgers fan so he, i had to explain i was not wearing a creighton cap uh to coach frost and then obviously his opening press conference when he got hired at nebraska he roasted me um <laughs> to a national television audience um that the highlight of him coming back was being asked a question by me. So that, that kind of uh, made my face turn pretty beat red. I'm not going to lie. That was good. That was good. So I, this one, I wasn't on the bike. So if in Lincoln, there's a company called Group Therapy Bike Tours that does these little trolley bikes. And they ride around town and you know go from bar to bar or whatever. It's a, it's a good time. But uh, back in the April of 2019, so... All the full disclosure, my brother-in-law runs that company. He sends me this video and is like, hey, check this out. And it's one from one of his bike tours where this like sorority group, or they're all like cheering, you know, having a good time, listening to Miley Cyrus or something like that. And then it up pulls this black, you know, decked out Silverado. And then all of a sudden it pulls up and Scott rolls down his window and just gives like a little wave. And it's like the Beatles showed up with like the <laughs> amount of high pitched screaming that comes out of it. Uh, I tweeted it. You can probably look for it, but it's uh, one of those videos that kind of embodied the star level that Scott Frost had when he first got here. Yeah. I, I don't know if I have got a great one. One, one thing that does stick out to me was shortly after Frost was hired um, and I don't even remember all the details surrounding it, but somebody had sent like, uh, 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 like a homemade toy of some sort, a wooden, th- do you remember this, Sean? Well, <laughs> where were we? Okay. It was like uh, a homemade and they- it's a, it's a backstory to that. Um, I did a public speaking event at the Bellevue Knights of Columbus and uh-huh. one of the members there made this rocking horse okay, for coach right. Frost yeah. and they gave it to me. Okay. <laughs> And in in front of like 500 people, they presented me this horse and enlisted me to give the horse to Coach Frost. And like, I mean, this guy was so prideful. He made this really cool rocking horse. And like, I didn't know how I was going to go about and do this. So I went to the North Stadium, like not like the the security tent. And and I talked to the guy that I, that's worked there for years and said, hey, this is not from me. <laughs> this is from the Bellevue Knights of Columbus, and it's a gift for Coach Frost and his family, and um, they wanted to personally give it. And to, to and Coach Frost wrote them a very nice handwritten letter, and it was really really nice. But I I was in the mi- I got caught in the middle of this thing, and I I had this rocking horse in my car, and like I got to get this thing because they're going to ask me, did you give it to Coach Frost? <laughs> I like to think of the, the security guy like calling up to the North Stadium, hey Coach, uh, Sean Callahan's down here. He's got a rocking horse as a gift for you. 
Well, and they had a. It was like it was a big drawing raffle, and the guy that he's like, instead of taking this, we are going to give this as a present to Coach Frost and his new baby boy son. (laughs) And to be fair, Coach Frost talked about on the radio. He got it, but I did not want to make it feel like I made this thing and gave it to him. Like, so I had to figure out how to get it up to the football offices without really being involved. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's that's one that sticks out to me. Yep. So that was a good one. Thanks for, uh, I, I totally <laughs> forgot about that story, but um, that was a, a fun experience uh, with our good friends at Bellevue Knights of Columbus. All right, when we come back, we'll close the show with recruiting. You're listening here to the Oscar Line Show.